I get a feeling there's going to be a riot. I don't read the newspapers because they all have ugly prints. Yes! Welcome back to the bunker. It's tinfoil hat, guys. Thank you for tuning in. You guys, uh, all the feedback has been amazing. Even when you guys are talking about what you like different about, it's all constructive criticism, but for the most part, it's really great, and we appreciate it. Uh, joining me in the studio is my uh, partner in crime here, the most off-the-grid motherfucker we know. Uh, try to email him. He doesn't have one, okay? Try to tweet him. Doesn't know what you're talking about. This guy's still on Friendster. That's how fucking off the grid he is. That's the only thing the government isn't fucking following is Friendster. Trust me on that. If you want to get a hold of us, we're at Friendster backslash tinfoil hat pod. Check it out. Uh, my good friend, Ryan Davis. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing great, Sam. How are you doing, man? Doing great. Ryan comes over to my house. He gives me supplements. All the time, he gives me, would you give me whey protein today? I got you a meal replacement, fat burning, got you some multivitamins, because I know you're going to be fighting Ari. Yeah, Hansen. so you're getting ready for the big fight with Ari yeah. Shafir, hopefully uh, Jason Ellis Mania, if it all works out, but that's another podcast. So you give me all this stuff. I've lost a couple pounds. I noticed it the other day. I'm losing a couple pounds, trying to cut out the sugar. Uh, but yeah, man, things are going great. Guys, real quick, uh, check out the podcast on Twitter. It's at tinfoil. Hat Pod, join us, tell your friends. Also, check out the YouTube channel. It's my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash, backslash Sam Tripoli, T-R-I-P-O-L-I. And uh, I'm putting up a daily rant called The Mother of All Truth Bombs. And then also the Tim Foyle Hat Podcast videos on there as well. And we also want people to... Uh, Try to put this on Reddit, right? Yeah, we got to get down in those threads. So start it up. Get Go deep into the hole, man. Go deep into the hole. Uh, I really love Reddit because yesterday, Aaron, you're going to love this. The other day, uh, somebody p- posted a post to the conspiracy theory uh, s- subreddit on Reddit that Al Magical was a government spy. <laughs> I believe it. What was he talking about? Something about dicks and mouth? And they, that was a sure sign. That you're a government spy when you keep bringing, talking about dicks and mouths. No, you're not. You're not into it, Aaron. <laughs> he has way too many other jobs. Yes. So you. So you in no way think Al Magical is part of the government conspiracy of shape shifting lizard people. Yeah. Okay, okay. Aaron. Sure. All right. I I can already see you're feisty today, Aaron. I can see you're fucking feisty, and there's gonna be a fight on everything today. But you know what? That's what's going to happen to unplug you, you Midwestern motherfucker. We're going to go deep. Joining me uh, in studio is a good friend of mine. Uh, we we both started in the 702. I was a little bit uh, ahead of him in terms of the comedy scene of the Las Vegas comedy scene. It was uh, it was Doug Stanhope, then myself, then he was part of the next generation. He's here to talk about his book coming out and today's topic. Please welcome Brent Tobler, everybody. Hello. Brent, Thank welcome you. To Thank you for having hat. me, guys. It's good to be on the tinfoil hat. Well, you know, man, we go deep on this shit. Do you you know the famous Vegas tinfoil hat story of the guy that was wearing the tinfoil hat when the comet kicked him in the chest? Have you seen that video? Oh yeah, what's his name? Raid Zone. I don't know if he was around oh, when I, you were oh, there. Yeah, Raid was there, but he's a, he was a lot more calmed down back then. Yeah, but now he's even crazier. So the, anytime I hear tinfoil hat, I think of him getting booted in the chest, and which is a dude, great video if you haven't seen it. And that dude always comes. The dude who kicked him always comes to my shows in Vegas. Yeah, Tino. Uh, and he's a nice dude. He shows Good up. Good dude. And uh, he's always really cool, and I just think that that guy knows some hardcore ass-kicking karate. Yeah, he he proved it in that YouTube video. Just drop-kicked him. I know, dude. And if you Have you ever taken martial arts? No. You never sat there and just... Because you visualize that shit all the time. You're like, today's the day I drop-kick a fucking slightly <laughs> homeless man with 40 cats in the chest. <laughs> It was it was impressive, like right out of the book, like Miyagi taught him. So you got a book coming out. What's your book? Because you're doing a little book tour. You've been on a couple of uh, lesser podcasts. Yeah. Not as uh, not as deep and uh, as powerful as the tinfoil hat. Uh, yeah, my book's called Free Roll, and it's uh, a book about my life. And a lot of it has to do with the, the over, a little over a decade I spent in Vegas uh, 
working for a bunch of professional gamblers, running bets, and uh, then I, I moved there to reconnect with my father, who was in prison as a child, and then he uh, st- stole 80000 from me, and I'd try to kill him. Yeah, that's a fun, interesting story, because, <laughs> again, I've talked about this before. I don't know, what is the... Um, What's the word I'm looking for, the term of when, uh, how long you can go before they can't charge you again with a crime? Aaron, what is that, as you do uh, words with friends over there? Statute of limitation. What is the statute of limitation on attempted murder? Uh, I think seven years. Seven years? <laughs> Are we hoping seven years? Well, I years? didn't kill him, so I didn't really commit a well, crime. That's why it was dog called years? attempted. Yeah. Seven dog years. Yeah. <laughs> um... Can you give a little backstory on it real quick? So what happened was uh, my dad was doing good, and then he got off parole and, and got back on drugs, and then- uh, Started gangbanging with kids. Yeah, started hanging out like little 20-year-old- dad was a grown-ass man, yeah. right? Yeah. Started hanging out with little like 20-year-old wannabe gangster kids, and then uh, he stole my little brother's $350, and then he came in and stole my, my 80000 and then- Seeing my little brother. Where like, do you hide eighty thousand? By the way, I where just is keep that? Keep it in a box under is my bed. Is it in socks? No, I was just in a box under my bed. If I had, a, if I had a sock full of eighty thousand, I would jizz on it constantly. <laughs> so if, like, let's say, uh, you know, Aaron comes in, he wants to steal it, he has to go through the crunch to get. To the fucking socks. I don't think it would have deterred him. Honestly, I don't. Eighty thousand is a lot. You, no, there's would not. Would it you deter could, you? To get to the jizz, if you gotta go through the jizz. It dep- did I know it's eighty thousand? Yes. Or am I just? I know there's money, but I don't. You know, know there's much. a lot. Yeah, I probably go for 80, 80 grand. Yeah. It, through the jizz. Yeah. I would let you jizz, jizz on me for eighty thousand. Would you? Yeah, I mean, eighty thousand dollars. I'm surprised it's not shower. like a, a weird kind of porno out there, like really rich, fuck people. <laughs> like, what would you do with our jizz for? You know, eighty grand just gotta like. Just swim in a mountain. Uh, uh, you know, okay, that's a different podcast. But the point is this. Uh, you used to do some running, and that's got to be a crazy life right there. Yeah, it was It was definitely crazy because I went from just a kid from a small town in Wyoming to literally carrying hundreds of thousands of dollars of cash 24-7. So. And, and where? how do you get this job? So I would play basketball at this gym, and they all the professional gamblers would play at lunch, and uh, – the the guy that ended up being my boss one time, I was I kept asking him to give me some games to bet, and then he'd always say no. Then he finally gave me four games, and I went and bet all my money because a rich millionaire gave me these secret games, and then uh, they all lost, and I lost all my money. And then when I came back, he I think he felt bad, and then he was like, you know, you just work for me right now. It wasn't even really a job interview. He just like, and I was like, I'm about to move back to Wyoming. I got a girlfriend. He's like, Nah, you you work for me. And then that day I went down to uh, gotten my buddy's car and went down to the strip and uh, made my first bet on a Duke football game for 20. 20- oh, you know you got a gambling problem yeah. <laughs> when you're betting on Duke football. And this is like 2001 when they were awful. So I bet 22,000 and it was there was no looking back. It was, you I, bet how much? My first bet was for 22,000. Jesus Christ. Well, it was their money. They gave me the money. That's still crazy. Oh, yeah. That's what that pretty much every bet I made. I mean, I've carried hundreds of thousands of dollars with me at all times. I try to keep most of it in tickets and chips so I wouldn't get robbed. But, I mean, I always had at least 50 cash on me. That's insane, dude. Yeah, it was crazy for a kid that never had more than $800 in his life. Yeah, I mean, dude, I don't care how much, how rich you are, 22 grand is a lot of cash. Now, that. How'd they make sure that people didn't run off with their cash? Well, they did. People did a couple times. And it was bad. I mean, but they're making so much money. It's like uh, there's a lot of secrets to, like, the bookie thing. Like, like when you're a bookie, like, you don't really fuck anybody up because you're making too much money. So if I'm booking, like, 20 people and then one guy doesn't pay me, yeah, I could have someone go beat his ass. But then if I get in trouble, then... I lose the other 19 people that are paying me. So that's like an old mafia shit, you know, where they say they'll break your hands. A good bookie would never do that because you think, you know, you don't. My boss would always say never step over dollars to pick up pennies. So you, you don't want it on the street that you cannot pay somebody. But by the time someone doesn't pay you most of the time, they've at least paid you five or ten times, you know. Right. So anytime I would book somebody, let's say I set their limit at 1000 they'd pay 1000 pay 1000 pay 1000 Then they'd say, hey, can I have more limits? And I'd say, okay, I'll give you 2500 And then they would lose that and not pay me. So they technically owe me twenty five hundred, but I still already beat them out of three thousand. That's so crazy. So then I would usually tell them, "Hey, at least try to pay me two hundred a month." Then they'd pay me two hundred a month until we got to like fourteen hundred, and then I, it just gets depressing asking people for money. You know, because some money, of the people yeah. you know have kids and wives, and and you it's ever just go, like, "I can't take this bet." 
No. I mean, no one. I knew when they were like trying to bet more than they had. You catch know? up. The, the chase was always on. Yeah. I mean, the Sunday night football, someone would start betting $50 on a Saturday morning. And then on Sunday night, they'd be down 3600 trying to bet 3600 to get even. Oh, and I'm you like, can't do that. you can't, you know. That's the one addiction I never had was gambling. My brother did. My, my dad did. But I was just such a cheap fuck. Like, well, I go to the tables because we both – I went to UNLV. Did you? No, no, no. I just lived there. I went to UNLV, and I would bet $20 gambling. I'd get so pissed because it's 90s. $20 was a little bit more then, too. It's like I was like, ah! Well, I think it's the worst addiction because it's nobody can stop you from doing it. You know what I mean? If you're addicted, you can just stop and put $100 worth of scratch tickets right now. And as a bookie, I'm never going to stop telling you, you know, that's kind of what made me go away from it because I started to have a conscience because I was like, what my boss used to say, he'd always be like, if they know me, they owe me. And that was the truth because even if you guys are my friends and you don't want to bet at first, eventually you're just going to because you're hey, around man. it. Yeah, just, come on, let me just get a Can bet throw in. five bucks from Ronda Rousey? And then, uh, and then it's all downhill from there. Ronda Rousey, that, that's what it starts. That's where it always – do you ever bet on anything, Ryan? Uh, no, one time I went to a cockfight in Pomona. You went to a cockfight in Pomona? <laughs> that was the coolest gambling experience I ever had. I have a weird wow. thing because I'm against – animal and i'm gonna get murdered for this i'm against animal fighting but for some reason the cocks just hate each other they literally just hate each other oh, they, train, yeah. they train them to be that way oh but they would normally be lovable no. i just think they are just like you just can't put two in a room without them wanting to destroy each other no this episode is sponsored by PETA, by the way yeah, yeah by the way <laughs> PETA. wait so when you went was it cool or i knew this one mexican dude and he was like hey come on and i was like all right, so it was crazy. They had the little pit and just in the barn back there. Pomona's like, was anyone like, hey, you five oh, bro? Nah. Bro, I had long hair, no beard. I looked like Dave Mustaine. So yeah. they're like, this guy's fried out, so it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> guy's on fucking acid. He's cool. I'm swearing a lot on this podcast. I'm sorry. So you have a very popular podcast too called Thirty One. Yeah, the Thirty One. The Thirty One. It's Thirty One questions. So we wanted to do a little version of that. So we're going to go, we're going to ask you 13 questions before we get into our cool. big conspiracy on this, because I know people want to us just to do one conspiracy, and we're going to try our best. It's like, it's a bunch of conspiracies about one person, or two conspiracies. So um, let's start. Describe what the Vegas comedy scene is like. Uh, now I think it's it's good. It's come a long way from when we were there. And when when I started there, there was one open mic on Sunday nights at like 9.30. I was even worse when I started, which was for you, is one open mic every other week. Yeah. One! Oh, in that huge town! Every other week. Yeah, and now you can get up every single night, and I think there's a lot of good young comics there. Unfortunately, a lot of old comics move there. Just, I don't know, somehow the word got around on email that it's a good spot for old comics. So there's a lot of old comics that are just bitter and shitty kind of taken up stage. But to me, the young comics that are there are working hard. And com and cl clubs like LA Comedy Club are, are trying to cater to the young and up and coming instead of just putting on old There's a people. certain style about LA comedi uh, Vegas comics. They're, they're edgier. They're darker. Uh, I love it. I think the scene, you know, it's like... It's like you and I, you know, it's like, yeah, there's Joe Coy, who's from the scene, and he's wonderful. He's different. But for the most part, Doug Stano Down, there's a grit, there's a real dirty, fun, honest yeah. kind of uh, talk from there that always came out of Vegas. Well, yeah, you just got to go to war in those rooms. Like, competing with the slap machines and stuff is like, there's no other scene like it where you have so much. Not only you have competition in the shitty bar scene of, of dealing with gamblers, you also have the most incredible entertainers in the world with Circus Olay, and, and then now they bring in every big comic. And to me, it's the worst place to start comedy if I was, which is weird because people think the entertainment capital of the world or whatever, but I think it's the hardest place to come out of and no industry. If industry goes there, they're just going to get fucked up and not come to the yeah, shows anyway. Like all the, the times they told me like, oh, so-and-so's coming they would. They never even made it to the show because they were having enjoying their life. What was a, what's a bigger thrill, crushing in front of a packed, full house, or hitting on a giant, giant bet? The, the bet, winning on a bet, it's just much better. Just because the, well. Okay, let me ask this: What's better, crushing in front of a really packed, huge room in a big show? Sorry about that. Or having some wild, crazy sex. 
Oh, we'll probably crush. I like crush. I don't have very good wild crazy sex, so crushing in a room, I'm pretty shitty <laughs> How at old sex. are you? 39. Okay, yeah, you're almost 40. You, you don't do that anymore. You're yeah, just yeah. happy to get bonus <laughs> at this point, right? Yeah, so. But I don't know. There's something about winning money that is so fun. It's, it's just the up and downs of, I don't know, the, just the rush of winning. You know, when you have $700 and you win 7000 or something, it's so much. It's just such a crazy feeling. You got a question? Yep. First woman to break your heart. Mine, four foot seven. Half Mexican, half Filipino, shaped like an eggplant. LD. Hope you, all your boyfriends get cancer in your dick. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> for you. Uh, my first girl was uh, a five eight Mexican uh, named Holly Martinez, who uh, ended up cheating on me with one of my friends because she thought I was cheating on her. And she was my first high school girlfriend. And your friend fucked your girlfriend? God, well, I think so they were like broke. Uh, they were. I don't know. It would. It would be a. We'd have to go in front of the judge of who. I think we were probably broken up, but yeah, he was my friend, and so, but I was like a late bloomer, so that was like in high school, uh, you know, in like my, my junior and senior year, and I we dated for like a year and a half, and she did definitely crush me. Mine is uh, Shannon Quinlan. I did a awkward interview with her. She was just super hot, basically town bike. <laughs> <laughs> She's so hot, and she's still hot now. She, I know her and her husband. Her husband's one for person, but. Like, I mean, just a legendary fucking bimbo back in the day. And I remember asking her out, and she just laughed in my face. And then she's like, you're joking, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm totally joking. I walked off and just got super crushed. What is the uh, next question? What is the biggest bet you've ever made for somebody? Oh, probably 50, 50,000, 50 yeah. I mean, it, so there would be times, like, it's hard to say in one transaction. I remember one time one of the bigger bets we ever made was when the Rams were playing the Patriots. So once the AFC and NFC championship game ends, that line goes up immediately. And I ran around and I got down, like, maybe 75000 on the Patriots, like, plus 18, which was a huge number back then. But one of the biggest bets we ever made was two times when we thought we had a super edge. And one time, the one time we were wrong is so we used to pay off the caddies because the caddies would give us good information about their golfers. So one time a caddy told us that so they were doing matchup play where it's just one versus one. And one time a caddy told us that his his guy had food poisoning, and didn't know if he'd even make it through the round. And in bet golfing, if you start the round, the bet counts if he takes one tee shot. So we bet the shit out of that, and the guy went like Michael Jordan flu game and fucking shot like a 69, and we lost our ass. But the best gambling story I have is when a Hollywood agent told us that his client was singing the national anthem and said it was pre-recorded because you can bet on the length of the national anthem. So we had to trust this guy to see if it was true, and then we gave him a 15% free roll. on. So he got 15% of what we won if it was right, but... I'll never forget that game because we were some of the biggest gamblers in the world. But that day, we were all just sitting there with stopwatches, timing the national anthem. And then when it came out exactly what he said and we won all that money, we didn't give What'd a you fuck win? about the game. I won probably seven, 8000 on my own. Wow! I can't imagine what they won. Aaron! <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. Good care. One of the biggest bets I made actually for myself was betting that uh, Sorensen wouldn't make the cut when the girl tried to make the cut. Uh, in the golf tournament, in the male golf tournament. I think her name was Annika Sorensen or something. And uh, all our golf guys were like, she'll never make it. And we we bet the shit out of that. So it was that just, she would make She it? wouldn't make the cut. And she, did and she? she didn't, know. So oh, we no, won. But we had to lay that. a lot of juice. So oh, like, yeah. So I was, I think it was like three to one. So I was laying like 15,000 to win five. Let's say like Damn. the Conor But that's Mc everything I had. Conor McGregor versus Mayweather, which everyone thinks is going to be lopsided. Let's say it's 20 to one. Mm-hmm. If I put down a million dollars on Mayweather, is anyone going to take that? Yeah, I would rather have that bet because that's there. You're going to have a problem taking it the other way. Because if it's twenty to one, if you bet a million, you'd bet a million to win fifty thousand. So I'll take that bet all day. Because if you win, I just got to pay you fifty thousand. The bet they don't want's the other way. If let's say Connor's getting twenty to one and you put down a million, and you're right, I got to pay you twenty million. So that's what my boss would always say. You never want to book the lottery, you know. So like. One time his son, we were bowling, and I was like, I bet I could pick that up. And he's like, I'll give you 40 to 1. And I picked up this miracle shot, and he had to pay me $800. And then my boss was like, why did you even take that bet? <laughs> the best you could do is $120. It's what, so my book's called Free Roll. 
So that's what he would call a free roll for disaster. He's like, do you really need that $20? No. So the only thing that could happen is bad. You're just going to have to pay him $800. So you never want to take that bet. You want to be on the other bets. side of it. Yeah. So you, you wouldn't. Well, like casinos pull that bet off the board. They'll just limit how much you could bet, uh... you know, but they'll screw you on the true odds. So if it was 20 to 1, they'd, it would probably be like Floyd 20. And then Connor would be like plus twelve, so you'd get twelve back for if you bet a million, you'd get twelve million back. Okay, but they that's would. awesome. If you got a question, because yep. we're gonna cut this a little short Let's because we it. gotta get into this. But what's your next question? What endangered species would you eat? Would I eat? Oh man, um, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of endangered species I know. The only one I can think of is a bald eagle, and I wouldn't. You wouldn't eat that because you love America? Yeah, I just love ball. That's like my favorite animal. Oh, that's cool. And uh, so I don't know. But I, I, I would try whatever you had. All right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm kind of a picky eater, but I'm always open to try anything. Panda so. bear? Yeah, I would try it. Bring it on in. Bring yeah. it on in. <laughs> what, what is your favorite, what is your favorite sports conspiracy? Probably the one we're going to talk about today because it's the one I believe the most. All right, we're going to get into that real quick. Do you, uh, did you hear about the Morrison twin conspiracy? What, that one of them could sub in? Yeah, that, they, that he subbed in in game two of the Boston's, the first, no, this series. Yeah, the Wizards Boston. I didn't hear that, but it's been something. So I listen to Lebetard every day, the sports radio show, and they've talked about it forever because they have the exact same tattoos, they everything. Only, there's only one difference, and it's very deep, like in the middle of their chest. Oh, really? So you can't see it if they're wearing... Uh, 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 jerseys. Yeah. I hope it's, I think it's I love brilliant. It. Yeah. I would love it. I, w- I don't see why they wouldn't do it. They look like everybody in the NBA is scared of them. They well, talk so much shit. There's a, there's a great story about them when they were at Kansas and they, uh, so the basketball team fought the football team and over a girl, one of them fucked, there was a track girl there and they, so the football and the basketball team fought and they tell this great story about, they just went back to back put their backs together and just went at it and fought the whole they were like outnumbered but they just said when we just fought our asses off i love it dude. yeah they're they don't they're not messing around all right my final one fuck mary kill in the studio currently myself aaron sam that's a great <laughs> question i would probably marry you ryan you're by far the most attractive oh, by far <laughs> <laughs> and i would I guess I, I would. I would. I'd marry Aaron. He seems you sweet, and me. I don't know if I could put up with you full time. And I know I don't know about fucking you would be. I can't believe you killed me. I know you're the most. <laughs> well, it's made it easier. I can't. These guys would be like, oh, I don't want my mic to go out the rest of the thing. Is I'd it like, because Aaron's quiet and he's got tits that you'd kill it? You'd marry him? <laughs> he just seems so much nicer, and we we have more in common. We get. I can't. The Raider thing would fuck me already. Prepare like, to eat a ton of stuffed crust pizza. <laughs> Hashtag kill Sam. Kill Sam. Kill Sam. <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's get into this. Let's get into this. Do you think today's conspiracy is, do you think Michael Jordan got banned for gambling on sports? Yes, 100%. And what makes you think that? And we'll get into some well, evidence. What are the big? First of all, being in that gambling world for a while, I'd always hear stories about Jordan owing people money. As far, but I never heard any of him actually betting on sports, but just awful golf stories about how competitive he was and he would he lost money to people i know and then he would try to pay him off with like autographed basketballs and shit and they'd be like we don't want that i can go buy that at the field of dreams in the mall and you owe me five thousand dollars i want my money so i've heard being in that gambling community for a long time i heard story after story of gamblers just hating him because he was just he never wanted to pay up on his he always wanted to gamble he's the and he never and, and he had always had the most money too so, no. but but the one main my main thing is everything I remember when I used to study this was that he came back two years to the day that he left, and and the Bulls owners were notoriously greedy fucks, and he, there's no way they'd let him come back on a road game. Why would you if you were my star player and you were coming back to my team, one of the biggest games in NBA history? Interesting. Why would you let him play in Indiana that night? I would say you can come back, but but the, it's like he knew he had that day circled, and he wanted to be a basketball player again, and he came back that day. Well, let's just set up who Michael Jordan is, and uh, uh, you love sports. Are you in the sports? Or you just listen to Punch Drunk, Ryan. Not into sports at all. Just listen to Punch Drunk. Okay, just Aaron, Aaron, you you love sports, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, baseball is my true okay. passion. So we all know that Michael Jordan was notoriously the most competitive human being on the planet. Yep. The point he would fight his his teammates. I mean, he punched Steve Kerr in the face. Yeah. <laughs> How do you punch Steve Kerr in the face? That guy's back in the day was just a lovable little scamp. <laughs> like a nice little white guy. You don't punch the white guy on your team. Yeah. He's the nice guy. He does all the fucking bookkeeping for everybody. You don't punch him. You, you, the only thing you do is bang his girlfriend, which seems to be common in the NBA, is that people like to sleep with their other uh with the other players' women. And you know, no nobody's gonna who's Steve Kerr gonna stop yeah. <laughs> on the Bulls, right? Nobody. Especially Scotty hung like a horse, Pippen. Yeah, or Rodman. Rodman, Rodman would probably hook up with Steve Kerr because he goes <laughs> he goes both ways. So we know this guy's notorious, dude. Forever he's trying to get to win a champion, can't do it. Phil Jackson comes in, Scotty Pippen comes on, becomes an all around player. Finally, he's got a team around him. He so they go, they finally beat the Detroit Pistons. They go, they take on Magic Johnsons, who's. Uh, back from AIDS, I believe. Is yeah. he, he's back from AIDS. He still has AIDS, but he's back to playing. Doesn't have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Nobody ever talks about that with Magic Johnson, how he never won a championship without Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. Jabbar won one without him. Magic never won without him. So he goes up against Magic Johnson's depleted Laker team. Beats him. Wins another one. Wins another one. Wins three. Now... He retires in October 6, 1993. That is his first retirement. When the NBA was, like, cooking with gas, yeah. he was the face. This is how big Michael Jordan was, okay? Michael Jordan was so big that when they put out, like, uh, NBA jams or NBA one-on-one, any game, they couldn't use his name. Yeah. He was just 23. They, he had his own agreement with trademarking. That he was so big that they you had to pay him a, a special fee to get his rights to use in any yeah. video game. It's a notoriously famous thing. So, in 1993, he retires. In 1992, after winning his second championship, now I got this off of a, uh, a really great article. It's on uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, and this is uh, what I'm basically taking is all the information I found on the internet, putting in the one, the podcast, a guy named Marcel Smith puts out a really great article and it, it, it's right here. You can see it. It's on the Bleacher Report. Was Michael Jordan's first retirement uh, a secret suspension, which is so interesting. So. In 1992, after winning his second, and this is a quote from the uh, article, in 1992, after winning his second championship, Jordan was called to testify in a criminal tower of James Slim Boyer to explain why Boyer, a convicted drug dealer, was in possession of a Jordan-signed personal check for $57,000. Now, what Jordan first says is that this was a loan to a Coke dealer. (laughs) Yeah. Like, come on, man. Now, just remember, if you're young, you're watching this, there was a time where there was no internet. There was no TMZ. Yeah. And there was a gentleman's agreement, like, let the players do what the players want to do, because if you didn't, Jordan would hate you. Like, he, to this day, won't do interviews with Sports Illustrated, because they ran a story on whether he was gambling or not. Yeah. And then they embarrassed him on the cover with the baseball one, too. Oh, yeah. They gave him shit about that. So he in 19, that's 1992. Then in 1993, S- San Diego businessman Richard Equintus, E-Q-U-I-N-A-S, this is from the same article, uh, revealed in his book, Michael and Me, Our Gambling Addiction, My Cry for Help. That's too long of a title, by the way. <laughs> your, your, the title of your book is a book itself. I don't want to flip the page to get the rest of the page. Right, Aaron? One hundred percent. Thank you. <laughs> Two word title. Two word title. How you do it? Free roll. Michael gambling. <laughs> That's what it should just be called. This guy, Michael E Q U I N A S, says that Michael Jordan owed him nine hundred thousand dollars, and it got actually up to one point two million dollars. I mean, that's some crazy gambling right yeah. there on golf. On golf. One hundred and ten rounds. One hundred and ten rounds. That's a lot. $1.2 million. Uh, he also he also 
he would pound him, hound him along the lines of what you were saying that he wouldn't pay up. Oh, let yeah. me sign this, let me sign this. That this guy eventually just cut a deal with Jordan for $300,000 in installment payments because his wife would check his, his yeah. bank receipts, which is what I got to go through with Dana. When, when we do my taxes, she gets my bank and PayPal, and I have to explain every purchase because apparently I might get a hooker for $9.50. I'm like, what hooker am I getting for $9.50? I don't know who this is. Yeah, where's that at? Let yeah. me know. <laughs> and she has to explain every fucking purchase. Well, when I was a bookie, that was my go-to move is uh, I would just contact him and go, hey, if you don't pay me the money you owe me, I'm just going to let your wife's parents know that, that their, their daughter's not in a very good situation. Oh, my God. And that always got me paid because, you know, I could punch you in the face and then you could tell a story about you were helping some old lady across the street. But if I break your wife's mom's trust, you're screwed for life. So I see why that guy did that. Now, oh, yeah, dude, you, listen, man, uh, have you ever, I always tell young comics this, if you're ever getting heckled and the guy won't, you kill him, kill him, kill him, he won't shut up, you want to get him to shut up, rip his woman. Yeah. Just shit on his chick. No, I don't care how crazy you are, every man fears his woman. Yeah. And you don't want to sleep on the couch, or as I like to call it, pussy jail, okay? <laughs> and I, I remember telling this one woman, this, I'm like, this guy's heckling everybody, if he doesn't shut up. Go after his woman, and he. She started going after him. He wouldn't shut up. He's. She started pounding on his girlfriend. Shut the fuck yeah. up right there. Shut up real <laughs> quick, dude. That's a little fucking lesson from your uncle Sam <laughs> on how to be a Sith Lord with some hecklers. That was free of charge. That's ain't the conspiracy right there. <laughs> so this guy, this guy, um, Richard Alaquintas, is interviewed, or in another book. By Arman Ketanian, K-E-T-E-Y-A-N, Armenian, thank you, writes a book <laughs> called Money Players, Days and Nights Inside the New NBA. In it, he states in 1993, the league had interviewed Richard again. During this investigation, during the investigation on joint gambling, he said in the March of 1992, which is so weird that you remember the exact time yeah. somebody said something, right? He says that he overheard Jordan on a telephone conversation with an unknown person saying, oh, the betting line is seven points. Yeah. Like, that's some shady shit right there. Am I right? Oh, yeah. And in March of 92, North Carolina, there was a man named Eddie Dow. He was found slain in his home. And in his briefcase, they found three photocopies of checks, three checks totaling in $108,000 written by Jordan. Yeah. I mean, you're dealing with Coke dealers. You're dealing with guys that are getting murdered in their house. And you're hanging out with rich businessmen. White men, you think you're going to beat at golf? Like, this is before Tiger. Like, Jordan was ahead of the game on thinking that he was good, you know, so. <laughs> well, yeah, if he, the Shady. fact that he gambles that high on golf and then he ha gambles that high on table games but then he's just going to not gamble on the one thing he's most confident in. The, the only thing as someone who is a bookie, I just don't wouldn't I would be shocked if he ever bet against himself. But it would be hard bets to take because or maybe it wouldn't. The more I think, I don't know what well, you he's bad cuz he's not going to pay you, but right. I can't imagine him ever betting against himself. But if he ever did, oh my god, I would bet. I think <laughs> if he called me and goes, "Hey, I want to take the Pacers plus nine tonight. I would say, okay, Michael, you can have a hundred thousand, and then I would get every dollar I could from everyone in the world and say, we are betting the Pacers tonight. One hundred percent, a billion. That that's where the real knowledge comes in. Is if, if that's why they don't want you gambling because if one time you can that oh, yeah. is that's they don't even want you better information because they yeah. don't want you affecting the outcome yeah. of the game. Oh yeah, but you could just sway everything just by. It, just an over-under or something. He could do so much where he could still win the game but keep it under. And But with that much confidence in himself that he'll bet a million on golf, why wouldn't he bet on it? I, it's impossible. Did he bet on $100 on how, if his bag would come out first? Well, yeah, once you're a gambler. So when I, we used to go to JV basketball games. My boss's sons were in high school, and we would bet on JV basketball games. Of course, the most, like, stereotyping, we would watch the warm-ups, and whoever had the most black guys, we would we'd make a line and then we would bet and then parents would be like why are these 
grown ass men screaming <laughs> one team's up by 18 in a JV basketball game but Shaking when you when you when you gamble you gamble on everything yes when i lived in that world we gambled on the most absurd shit what's in the, the world. weirdest gamble you ever made well my boss is at a hundred thousand dollar weight bet hundred thousand dollars to ever lost the most weight but i mean we bet on anything who do you take tom or bert Oh, not those two. That was their own bets. But uh, I mean, we get we'd gamble on anything. If we were all sitting around drinking, we would we would gamble on if that if we could knock that Kleenex off out. Of, I mean, five hundred no fail. It just that's just your life. Everything is gambling terms. You'd 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 bet on everything. So, so this no guy way. who's the most competitive dude in the world is obviously obvious to gambling me. on everything to the point where he's willing to gamble on himself. And gamble on, you know, I mean, is he that crazy? I mean, like, who does he listen to? I mean, listen to Phil Jackson, maybe. He doesn't listen to anybody. He does. He, there's nobody that he'll listen to, I don't think. I mean, he's like, and then the other thing is like, why would you ever, it, it'd be like if Bill Burr just quit for two years right now. <laughs> it's like, I want to be a drummer. We'd be like, okay, you like drumming, but you're the best in the fucking world. You're the heavyweight you? champ. No one does that. Th that's just impossible. Especially when you're that competitive. Yeah, why would you go do something I think Bill yet? Burr works hard, wants to be, I don't know if he's necessarily competitive. Maybe he is, but, I mean, Michael Jordan's just competitive. Still competitive. Look at his, look at his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. He called the guy that he got cut for, <laughs> Yeah. and he just rubbed his face. Eh, look at me, I'm in the Hall of Fame, and you're just a plumber. Yeah. So I don't know how he could shut that off for two years. It's uh, To me, it just makes no sense. If, it, if we go like 50 years in the future and we tell some kids, they'll be like, wait a minute, so the guy was the best in the world and then he just quit to do his hobby? Like, who? that's impossible. Nobody yeah. knew who he was talking to when he said the seven points. Now, everything really heats up for Michael Jordan in, um, in the... When he's playing the New York Knicks, I believe it's 1992. 1992, he's playing the New York Knicks. In the playoffs, right? The playoff game. He's seen in Atlantic City, which is over 200 miles, uh, two yeah. hours away. He's seen there at 1.30 in the morning. So the earliest he could get back is if he just left was 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. He ends up losing that game in New York. Yeah. That's he's, a, he's a degenerate. That's what degenerate behavior you have a huge game tomorrow, and let's say that's— He's a gambler. He's an alcoholic. Uh, he's a womanizer. Well, yeah. If, in this day and age, if he was out now, he would be— Get murdered. I mean, he would. He was a known cheater hooker. I you know mean, what? Back then, those hoes were loyal. They well, were yeah. ho loyal hoes. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Today, no, there's no. I'm watching Billions last night, and that uh, I can't. I don't want to. Do, I don't want to ruin it. Uh, you know, for anybody watching. But them hoes aren't loyal. That's well, what I learned. But back then, there was no one to sell the story to. You the could National sell it to Choir, National Enquirer, but it. but didn't ever. No one really believed in National Enquirer. Yeah, which in hindsight, you were right next to like Bat Boy takes if, over the world. If you went back and read the right. National Enquirer right now, I bet all that shit is actually true. Yeah, one hundred percent. But trust me, them hoes weren't loyal back then. They Those just no one was given a loyal. check. Them hoes are never loyal. And these loyal. bitches on Instagram just selling <laughs> these guys out. You can't even slip into someone's DM. Yeah, like oh that 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 skank. There's a skank on, uh, I'm sorry, this is a very aggressive podcast today. A lot of F-bombs. I'm sorry to listeners. I try not to do make this into the night show. But there's some chick who basically admits she's like a, basically a hoochie hooker. And she's doing an Instagram Live. And Clay Thompson just goes to watch. She screen captures yeah. it and puts it out. This, you can't you can't let down your guard for one second. If Ladies, trust me on this one. If you look at the Tiger Woods stuff, the only chick who ever went on to do anything else with her life was the one who wouldn't talk. She's yeah. the only one. You go on. If you can keep a secret, guys will keep you around. If you snitch, you're gone. Well, there is high-end hookers like that in Vegas, but you got to pay. That they say like Barkley and Jordan, those guys have, but they're paying like a ridiculous yeah. amount of money. You have to get the money. You have to pay for the sex to be more than what TMZ is going to offer. My buddy found out his girlfriend was a high-end escort. And he's like, like a thousands of dollar a night escort. And I was like, what does that feel like being with like, is it like driving a, like a, a, a Tesla compared to driving, <laughs> you know, a 1985 Ford Mustang? He's like, no, it feels the same. I'm like, so you're basically keeping the secret. Then some of these girls don't even respect the secret. 
And no. then go out and tell everybody. I should get my money back. There should be a refund. <laughs> well, I agree, but if there's any ethics in the hooker game, but there well, just isn't any. I always wanted to start something called, uh, I always wanted to do a, a, a crime court, crime, justice, street, street justice, where you basically, if you get robbed in a, in a crime, committing a crime. Like I once got robbed by the same hooker twice in one day trying to buy drugs when I was back when I was using. <laughs> she robbed me once. I sat in my car going, okay, this chick isn't coming back. And I, I'm, like, driving around. I see her again. I'm like, okay, she won't do this again. There's no way. There's no humanity. She has to have an ounce in her, of humanity in her. She gets the car. She's like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. I, I, you left. I don't know what happened. I'm like, well, will you do it this time? She's like, are you really going to do this again? I'm like, will you do it? She's like, okay, boom. And then here's the key. Guys, if you're ever buying drugs from a hooker, okay, I'm probably going to lose half my listeners after this. If they grab their purse, they're not coming back. That's what I've learned. Oh, wait, you want them to leave their purse with leave you? Leave the purse oh, in the yeah. car. That's, that's a good collateral. Hey, dude, I used to do drugs. That's a little tip from your Uncle Sam right there, okay? So he goes to Lang City, he gets in trouble. That's when they investigate him, right? They investigate him in, in March 20, 1992. They're investigating him. Uh... So then, so then in October, like we said, in October 6, 1993, he retires. Two days later, two days later, after his retirement, the NBA announced that it's investigating the Jordan has come up and they found nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, a, like he cut a plea. Yeah. He cut a plea. Now, a lot of people want to say, oh, there's no smoking gun. There's no, how do you know? If he really did it or not. And I, this to me, and I got off this, there's a really great website for uh, NBA sports conspiracies. There's a great YouTube page. Uh, it's from this guy named Mike. How would you pronounce his name? Try it. You're much better than me. You're Armenian, though. Okay. There's like Z's and K's. <laughs> no, and it's like Korzambala. It's, it's Mike, K-O-R-Z-E-M-B-A. Okay. We'll put a I'll, link to it at the bottom of the show notes. I'll put it somewhere. Yeah, check out his website. And he, he did a whole story on this. It's a much condenser version. But uh, here is the thing I want you to hear. This is what I believe is our smoking gun. Hold on. Okay, here it is. This is Michael Jordan. Listen to his words very specifically. And this is him at his retirement speech. Five years down the line, if that urge comes back, if the Bulls have me, if, if David Stern lets me back in the league, I may come back. If David, if David Stern lets me back into the yeah. league. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a slip. Aaron, thoughts? I mean, it could be, but it, it's also, you know, when you retire, it is an official declaration that you're done. So, so you, so, you, do need so you to think in, in Michael Jordan's mind... The greatest basketball to ever, the basketball player to ever play the game. He's hoping maybe tiny David Stern might let him come back and play if it all kind of works out. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the right way it should go, but David Stern is notoriously a dickhead too. So. Oh yeah, he ruined the Minnesota Timberwolves. Whole yeah. Franchise. Well, the thing is, at that point in Michael's life. He hasn't asked for permission to do anything in five years. He's the biggest celebrity in the world, yeah. probably. So it's not like he. I don't. I can't imagine him. It, I think that was. There's oh, something about that. Like, hey, what? Dave, it's Mike. Just hey, do you think it's cool if I uh, come back and play? Once again, it'd be like a Bill Burr stop going to the store and being like, well, you know, in a couple of years, maybe I'll ask Adam if I can come back. Adam, can I come back and play? When no. He, when he knows, he'd never ask ask anybody to do anything. He's Thoughts. fucking Bill Burr. Well, at the time, to put it in perspective, seventy uh, percent of all NBA fans were Bulls fans, which is Jordan fans. Yeah. His brand yeah. was worth ten billion dollars. Ten billion dollars, Aaron. Do you think if you're a ten billion dollar, eight hundred pound gorilla, then why would, why would Stern suspend him, no matter what he was up to? That's uh, a, that's the part I don't know why because, you because because David Stern had to draw a line in the sand because you can't have your number one guy gambling on your game. It's like it's like the number one sin in pro sports. I, I agree. But I also think that's ten billion dollars you're not getting a year. Oh, but that, it's not like but that's why you do it. You go, hey Michael, this is we have to do this because 
We have to save you from yourself. If this comes out and we let you play, we will never, ever, ever, ever have any credibility. If we let you keep playing and and, and you might gamble. Now you got a, two years away, hit him where it hurts. He's at the height of his career. And you kind of save yourself because he goes away, people stop talking about it. I would love to. If this really did happen, I'd love to be in that meeting when they were like, all right, you got to go away. But what are we going to say? How were... I mean, it's they they came up with a great fucking plan that I loved baseball when I was a kid. Well, you know, I just don't. A big effect on him was obviously the murdering of his father, right? Yeah. And now there's a whole theory that maybe that was part of a gambling playoff. See, that could be. I mean, what we've established already that he's just an asshole when he owes people money, and like I said, as a bookie. At some point, you don't want to, but now we're talking way more money. If it, When you owe that much money, people are eventually going to be like, how do I get this? You can't kill Michael Jordan. Right. Because he has all the money. And maybe it was like one of those things where you're going to try to kidnap his dad or do something, and maybe it went further than they wanted it to. But I guess at some point, <clears> you're <throat> like, I guess this is how we get his attention. If you owed me 2 or $3 million, right. I, I, at some point, I'm like, I can't let this slide anymore. You're Now you're changing my life, you know? That's a lot of money, though. Now, what recently happened is that... Now, do you know the name of the killers, by chance? Yeah. So the guys that killed him was Daniel Green and Larry Martin. Daniel Green, Larry Martin. Now, they get convicted, and uh, it was like uh, they get life, and everyone's like it's a airtight case, and it's done. Well, do you, you want to get into it a little bit? Um, the crime lab that was investigating the whole thing suddenly gets under suspicion and is now being investigated because from the year, uh, let me see, I think it's 1988 to 2003, they're being investigated for mishandling almost 200 cases. And they were kind of, they were kind of, uh, it's believed that they were falsifying evidence. Wow. Because the truth of the matter is, is that Michael Jordan's dad was found a week later, was not found in his car. Yeah. And that they actually didn't find any blood in the car. Well, see, that goes back to my thought that maybe they tried to kidnap him and use him for ransom yeah. and then just got frustrated by Michael. The only one thing that I hate about this this thing is, like, it's just such a high-profile case that everyone to never slip up about it. You know what I mean? Like, this is, like, the best gossip in the world. Yeah, but— But, but like, with the killers, why wouldn't they at some point? Well, because—here's—and well, I'm having this argument right now with a friend of mine about Pedogate, about the, the pedophile ring in, you know, Washington, D.C. He's like, well, why wouldn't anyone come for Well, first of all, there's jail— and on top of that, they know everybody's relatives. Like, yeah. it's not just you that is in danger. It's people around. I mean, let's just look at the premise that we're talking about. Michael Jordan's dad, the greatest basketball player of all time, might have been killed because he didn't pay off a debt. Yeah. Now, let's just say this is in some crazy way is real, right? Yeah. They're killing Michael Jordan's dad. Yeah. What are they going to do to your dad or yeah. Aaron's dad? Yeah. Or whoever your family is. We don't even know Ryan's so far off the grid. We don't even know if he's human. In 1993, all they had was pagers that you turned upside down you could read boobies. Yeah. Technology has made it easier for us to get busted with TMZ, blah, 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 the internet. But back then, shit could go right under the radar and you could just mishandle some genetic testing. and. Okay. Now, Daniel Green, who is one of the killers, goes by Lord U-A-L-L-A. H, what's that, Yulia? I don't know. You know you've been in prison too long when your first name is Lord. You know you've just kind of cuckoo crazy. He made a statement recently through his lawyer. He says, I did not kill Mr. Jordan. No, sir. I did not kill him. That's cut and dry. It's not like I was even there when he was killed. I feel like both of us are pawns in the game. Of course I'm upset. Now, he will not lie. He's not saying that he didn't transport the body. He did transport the body. He's, He's not saying that. Yeah. He drove it and dropped it in the swamp. He's saying he didn't kill them. They just got blamed for it. Yeah. I I mean, that could easily happen. 
You first of all, they might not even tell him it's Michael Jordan's dad. No. And that and that lifestyle. If I was like, hey man, I'll give you a thousand to drop this body off, dudes. How be much like, would it yeah. cost for you to drop a body? Oh, right now? Yeah. I would, I would have to be so much money. <laughs> How much? Like, what number are we talking just for future references? I don't know. It, it, there's a, there'd be a lot of, if it was someone I knew, you know, if I was helping. If it's just a random, I don't know. I wouldn't want that on my... I mean, I would simply say I'm not doing it, but I guess you have a number. That's great. Um, that's cool. <laughs> everything has a number. I don't, listen, I'm not going to... Trust me, everything has a number. That, someone testified <laughs> at the trial that I'll, she... One of the um, one of the investigators testified at the trial that they found small drops of blood in the passenger seat of Jordan's car. But according to this week's review, uh, SBI, SBI only found indications of blood was present in the initial test, and four follow-up tests were inconclusive. So they, there wasn't even blood in the car. Yeah, yeah, I think they took him somewhere and had him, and then tried to get a ransom. Because why would you just kill him? There's no. You still want the money. You kill him, then you lose all leverage. If I, if someone owed me money, you, and this happened to uh, the comedian in Vegas, Vinny Favorito, when he owed a lot of money, they kidnapped him, and then he escaped over the back wall. Damn. But they're, they're not going to kill him, yeah. Really? Yeah. And he's still got another gig? And he somehow still has another show. Oh, Jesus. What ultimately brought them into like getting incarcerated was they used the cell phone in the car. Yes. And they made one call, and it was to a known cocaine trafficker. Who happened to be the son of then sheriff of the county, who they never brought that into the prosecution, and no one ever talked about that in the trial. Yeah, I mean, there's just too much. I it, it's just why is Michael Jordan involved in that world of like it's just absurd, and they're not having him in that world unless he's doing something. Right. Michael Jordan doesn't need drug dealers around or gam unless he's gambling with somebody or buying drugs because you're not going to hang out with. You know, I don't hang out low lives unless they're providing something for me that I can't get because he can get everything in life for free. Right. Because that's like my favorite quote. Gary Payton one time talking shit to Michael Jordan. He's like, man, fuck you. I got Lamborghinis. I got Ferraris. And Michael's like, yeah, but I get my shit for free. <laughs> so there is no reason for Michael Jordan to have any of those low lives around him unless they're providing something which has to be gambling or drugs. And we've never known him to have a drug problem. So it has to be gambling. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think. I mean, this is all alleged. It's all alleged. I personally believe that something went down. I think the fact that he uh, he retired at the prime of right while they were doing the investigation, and then two days later they say, "Hey, we didn't find anything." I just doesn't make sense. I know competitive people. It cost I, him so much money. Yeah. I mean, there's just no reason to do it for any. The dude loves money, like. I can't imagine how much money it cost him because he wasn't making off of baseball. I can't. Maybe he's probably making ten percent what he was making in the NBA. Yeah, not like contract wise. Had to buy them a but bus. Just everything overall. Yeah, and just that lifestyle. If you go from yachts and private jets, and now you're gonna go ride a bus for two years because this is your dream that you suck at and lose a ton of money. Like, why would anyone do that? You know, no, your your dream was to be a basketball player. I, I, I didn't totally I didn't agree. dream of being a comedian, and now I'm going to stop and be I, a magician. And let's not forget, this is the same guy that went and played for the Washington Wizards after yeah. basically the Bulls were like, we're good. Yeah. We got to move on from this. Yeah. He, we got to rebuild. He couldn't get away from the game, but somehow in the middle. When and I thank God for it. Sorry. I thank God for it because. I got to see Michael Jordan play, yeah. and it was the only time as a wizard. And this asshole ref actually had Michael Jordan in his final game in L.A. follow out. Like, what a douche. <laughs> Other than shanking someone on the court, let the guy play. Referees are the worst. The only bigger injustice than that is that he didn't win an Oscar for Space Jam. Yeah. I agree with yeah, that. They're true. trying to bring it back with uh, Blake Griffin. And LeBron James. See, I think there's some players that are too big for the sport, that are bigger than the sport, like LeBron James. I guarantee you LeBron, I, in my opinion, I, I, there, I have no proof other than my eyeball test that LeBron James does HGH. Well, yeah. He plays more minutes than everyone in the history of the game, and he's never got hurt one time ever. And he just goes to Miami a lot, which is the same yeah, place where A Rod and those guys are. The season, he's like, oh, dude, I'm going to go to Miami and work out with Dwayne Wade. They're like, what? Yeah. HDH in it. And he's just built like a brick shit house. He's losing his hair, which everybody loses their hair, but that's a classic 
age. Look at Tiger Woods. That guy lost the same place. He lost hair, and he got so jacked. And but he, I think LeBron James is just superhuman, and there's a little bit of superhumanness with him that that he hasn't gotten hurt. Like he hasn't fallen on an ankle and all that stuff. But I think even if they busted him doing HGH, they would never tell anybody. He's no. too important to the league. Well, I think they're all doing it too. I 100. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Yeah. What's well, like everything else? Like they all smoke weed. They all they do all kinds of. If it ever came out, how many guys smoke weed before they play? It would be absurd. I would do HGH if I knew it would give me a five million dollar comedy tour. Yeah. Should have raped my ass. Your head's gonna look like a cinder block. I'm fine. Dude, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Doesn't Rogan admit he does HGH? I uh, know it's like more of pulling your blood out, spinning it, doing some like blade shit, putting it back in. That's what he does? Yeah, he does like this. Uh, he goes to Vegas. He used to go to Germany to get it done. So it's like you, whenever you Who? have inflammation. Rogan? It's, it's called. Um, it's what Kobe did. Yeah, you pull out your blood. Blood spinning is called. They spin it. They get all the good stuff, the plasmas from it, and they inject it where you have inflammation. Why is Rogan doing that? Just because he can? He's going to live forever, man. Are you kidding me? He's Jopra. He's he's gonna learn how to fly. Hi, I'm gonna. Li- Nobody liked that song. Well, uh, tell us tell us where we can get your book and all that stuff. I hope you had a good time. Ah, on the it's show. Been great. I, I like it. to mix this up. We could do lizard people every week if you guys want, but I like to mix it up. Thoughts, Aaron? I like it. This is this is fun and different. Okay. I wish we had some backwards talking that I could laugh about. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> next he's week. Still oh. mocking us on that. Fucking Paul McCartney's dead. Okay, you don't want to believe in that? That's fine. Keep keep buying your fake Paul McCartney music. Where's your book? How can we get uh, it? The book is called Free Roll, and you can get it Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, anywhere, pretty much anywhere. Did you anywhere. read it? Yeah. The hardest thing I've ever done. Two... Dude, is there any clips of it that we can listen to? No, not yet. It's getting edited right now, but it's... Uh... So it'll be, it's great. It, I think that'll be the best part, which was a weird thing because I, so I was supposed to. Because you're illiterate, right? You can't No, read. but it, it was harder than I thought. But I was supposed to do it with a bunch. I knew some rappers at a studio. They're like, yeah, we'll give you like a good price. And then the last minute I, I went with the, like a real radio producer. And I'm glad because there was a couple moments in the book where I tear up. And I was like, oh, these rappers would have been fucking clowning me in the middle oh, of my book. Oh, look at white boy cry, little white boy. Oh, his dad left. Who cares? Oh, <laughs> daddy cry. I don't even know my dad. <laughs> but, yes, yeah, so you can get it, it. There's Audible, the Kindle version, paperback. And you can go to brantsbookstore.com, and that's where uh, if you want an autographed hard copy or paperback. Nice. And uh, nice. so anywhere they sell books, you can get it. And it's it's. I think it's a great book. I work my ass off on it. And, I, for instance, I sent it to, like, ten rich uh, white women that live in New York, older women, as a test, and they even loved it, which is far from my demographic. Oh yeah, so I think rich, it, I think it's white, for everybody. White women over forty, just like they, they have the cultural taste of Phoenix, Arizona. That's I th- all I gotta say. I thought about they that. would shit on it, but they enjoyed it. So I think I think it's a it's a great book. So I I hope you guys go find it and enjoy it. I hope you do too. Final Jordan conspiracy: He's Jimmy Butler's dad. Have you heard that yeah, conspiracy? Yeah. I could. Well, I know he. I, I have another one that he. Uh, he fucked Byron Scott's wife. That Byron Scott's son is his too. That's like a secret inside NBA conspiracy. What? Yeah. Now, dude, I was at I was at the I was at the uh, Standard Hotel valet in way back in the day, and Kobe came and did a, a, a photo shoot. And I looked at Kobe, and I'm like, if my girlfriend called me up and went, "Hey, dude, Kobe wants to fuck," um, I kind of got to jump on this yeah. one. I can I'd be like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Do yeah. it. There's plenty of guys like. But that. women would never flip that. If I call my girlfriend, I'm like. Oh, yeah, this Instagram model who's kind of famous once. Some of the- <laughs> kind of famous. What if it was like Drew Barrymore or something? You're, you couldn't get a pass on that? I don't think my... I, do, do you think you have a girlfriend? Uh, no, do I don't you, have a girlfriend. You have but I, do you think she'd be cool there? Well, I think she'd be realistic. I mean, I remember when my girlfriend fucked Josh Jackson, the dude from Dawson's Creek, like the famous actor. Yeah. And I didn't like it, but I was like... I get it. I mean, I get it. You were in You Laramie get a get-out-jail-free pass. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, and I and I cheated on her prior to that, so it really gave me no legs to stand on. But I was like, honestly, I was like, okay, I get it. You were in this little <laughs> town. He's charming. He's rich. He's handsome. He's famous. He's filming a movie. Yeah, he's pretty and much he's buying girl's sh- dream Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, one time I was driving, me and my girlfriend at the time were going to Phoenix, and I had ordered lunch, and I was sitting there eating a sub, and she was getting gas in her car. And these two Australian dudes came up and just board shorts, no shirt on. Shredded. Two of the hottest dudes I've ever seen. And they were like, hey, our van broke down. Can we get a ride? 
And I told myself, and we laughed about it later. I was like, thank God I was there because I would never want to even oh, put you. Because you, they were so fucking hot. You know your girlfriend's they getting were, spit roasted. I know. I guarantee she told her friends, my stupid boyfriend was with me. I mean, these guys were, I, I would have like totally, like, I get it. And they're, you know what? And what's funny is they're. I fine with my girlfriend if she wanted to bang like LeBron James. I would just want to watch. Am I wrong? <laughs> is that, Aaron, would you let your girlfriend, your wife get banged by Albert Pujols? Trout. Oh, he's thinking. No, no, no. It's St. Louis. We I gotta know, go to St. Louis. Well, he's an angel now. This isn't Ozzy Smith. Come on, the wizard. The wizard he wants to run a double play on your wife. Damn it, John Tudor. He is, the wizard is single too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Would you be cool to one time hit it, go for the grand slam? If she, you could watch while you eat stuffed right. crust pizza. I might. I might be all right with the wizard. <laughs> Would she give you a pass? Uh, allegedly, but I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my old girlfriend used to say, yeah, you can go to a massage parlor and do the hand job. I wouldn't care. And I was like, you say that now, but three months later Until when I'm late for dinner or something, like, I never trust her. She always like, oh, no, I wouldn't care. I promise. I was like, yeah, you promise right now. Yeah. Well, good podcast. I had a great time. It went well. Aaron, did you enjoy it? Did we open your mind? I, I mean, there's definitely some facts I didn't know about this case, so that's cool. Yeah. yeah, your enthusiasm is uh, just what made this show rock. Uh, we're working on a, a T-shirt with me and Ryan, and we're trying to get Aaron to be on it. He says he's got to see it first, uh, but we're gonna do it anyways. And uh, it's gonna be so. It's gonna tinfoil hat, and it's gonna say the mother of all truth bombs. Tobler, I love you. Thank you so much. You're for one of me, my guys. favorite people Ryan, nice to get to out of Vegas. Yeah. You're one of the few smart ones who escaped. I got out. I tell all those guys, you got to go out and test your kung fu. Gooch is finally doing some stuff. Jocelyn's really funny. Matt's great. Everyone's great out there. So, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Guys, if you love the podcast, tell your friends about it. We got to grow it. The more it grows, the bigger guests we can get, the better guests we can get. We can totally keep rocking. And I appreciate everything. This has been Tim Foil Hat. We'll see you next week, everybody. Take care. Bye.